Welcome to the podcast of Catholic Marriage A to Z, where we cover topics of Catholic marriage from A to Z and everything in between. We are Audrey and Zach Peters, a young Catholic couple shedding light on the realities of Catholic marriage as we try to live it to the fullest. Unfiltered, personal, and authentic. Follow along with us every week as we dive into different topics surrounding Catholicism and marriage. Hello. What is going on? I haven't seen you all day. Me neither. <laughs> it's not like we live together or anything. Nope. Nope. Awesome. Just kidding. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. I know this is episode two, so we're happy to be back and happy to be talking more about our experience before uh, we started dating, before I mean, anything near that really, but more again about our conversions and coming back to the faith. So. Yes, this episode is all about our friendship because newsflash during our conversion and everything, we were friends. So that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And one thing I want to add that Audrey does not know about Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> is if you guys would have any prayer requests for us, feel free to shoot us a text or uh, I guess DM our social media pages, whatever is best for you guys. Um, I don't know how we can link that in either. We'll, we'll put right. it in the description. Okay. So yeah. yeah, feel free to send out prayer requests. It can be anonymous um, or if you want it to be named, that's okay. We want to be able to pray for you guys as no matter what you guys are going through, we understand they can be a lot. So yeah. yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, yeah. Last time, you know, when I talked, I, I was kind of touching base on how I was finding a quote unquote home church in uh, Max Chapman's Focus Varsity um, Bible study. Um, as much as I talked down on it, that was still my home. It was my constant compared to any church on Sunday or anything past that. Um, I kind of want to go more in depth with that. Is that is that okay with you, Audrey? Yeah, you're, you're, you're the boss over there, so <laughs> I'll allow that. Okay, I, I would like that. Amazing. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, uh, Max had encouraged me to go to RCIA, which is like, what's the? I think it's Rite of Christian Initiation. For adults. Yeah. RCA. So what, yep. what's the normal one called? PCR? I guess that's what it's called. That's the, yeah, that's the one with the weird acronyms. Okay. But it's like CCD. Like CCD for adults. Right. Christian. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Some, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So he, he had told me to go to that. And again, I made, this is again, my freshman year. I think I'm, I went like three times. Max can correct me if I'm wrong and tell everyone I only went once, which is very possible. Um, did that again. Really didn't care. So yeah, I came back from my sophomore year and Max kind of saying the same thing. And again, at this point, I've thought more about Catholicism. I've understood some of the realities of what they believe. And I'm like, okay, like it's starting to, I mean, at least come together, not necessarily me believing in anything or me thinking that it's right, but at least it's coming together more. I'm like, okay, I, I see where they're coming from. Right. And I still remember this. Max was, we took a walk around campus just because I, that's how he, you know, got me to spend time with him. Sometimes um, I said no a lot to him um, in, in the beginning. And I remember him. It, it was a very descriptive conversation towards the end of our walk. He said, what do you find truth in? And it hit me hard because I, I said, you know, I want to find truth wherever God places that in my heart. I don't care where that's from. And he kind of said, like, well, if that truth is a Catholic faith, don't you think it's worth we're looking into more 
And that's what did it. It was, I don't even know if Max remembers this, but yeah, we were walking from the stadium all the way to my dorms, which my dorms are a little bit far away. I mean, it was a pretty good walk uh, right before I was about to go to practice. And I was like, oh, shoot. Like, yeah, I want to search for truth. So he made me commit to RCA again. Be like, hey, go to all first, at least first semester, preferably both semesters, and then tell me what you think. And I was pretty consistent with it uh, first semester. And then season, my season was, as always, during the spring semester. And so I, I don't know if I went at all. And if I did, it was once or twice. And so I really didn't commit myself to it, but I definitely was learning more. And I was figuring out more about the faith. And so at, during this time, though, there, there's two big moments. The first one being that Max had asked me to go to adoration. At this point in time, I really didn't care. I really didn't understand what that was, but it was still, I was definitely going through a lot with season and he invited me to just go pray for a little bit. And so it was right after his Bible study. He's like, Hey, it's five, 10 minutes. So let's just go pray together. I'm like, ah, can't hurt. Um, and yeah, uh, quote unquote, five, 10 minutes later, Max comes up to me. He's like, Hey, like you ready to go and again. This is during Eucharistic adoration at the Newman center. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, it's been like 40 minutes. And I was like, oh, um, and so this marked the first time that I actually felt at home uh, while I was at Nebraska in terms of my faith. Um, and I had no idea why. But again, as I was praying, which felt like 10 minutes, I kept on going. And that was the first big moment. And then secondly, right before um, I was about to go home for the summer, um, we had just finished our season. We had gotten uh, third place in AAAs. I was kind of on a mile high with my team, and I was about to get surgery again. And so there was kind of conflicting thoughts there. And Max had presented John 6 to me at train table uh, for lunch. And for those of you who don't know about John 6, this is where uh, Jesus talks about the Eucharist in Scripture. Um, whether you're Protestant or not, it's never single Bible. Can't get away from it. Um, and... I won't go too much in depth for this podcast, uh, but nevertheless, this was the first time that Max presented scripture to me that I had no response for. Before I had responses, again, false, but I had responses in, with the Protestant view, but this time I had nothing to say. There's nothing I could counter against it. Um, and so at this point in time, uh, we kind of left and, but yeah, Audrey, what? What was, for those who don't know, what's the main, you said it was about the Eucharist, mm -hmm. but what's the main thing that John 6 says that you couldn't? refute yeah again to not jump into it too much uh this is where jesus says for this is my flesh and my blood i mean he, and he says that five times in a row like back to back to back to back to back non-stop and he the wording's a little bit different in each verse but it all comes down to the fact that he says what he's offering to them Again, it's not the man in the wilderness that we see um, back in the Old Testament, but this is my flesh indeed, and truly this this drink is my blood. And so he goes through that five different times uh, in his discourse, which he doesn't do anywhere in the Bible. And during this time, again, this is the only time we see a you know thousands of disciples and a lot of disciples leave Christ. Um, so again, I, I don't want to get too much into it, but that, that that's the premise behind it and where I was like, okay. Something's happening here. So anyway, I get my surgery. I go home and my entire summer, this is summer of 2019, I spent that completely just trying to disprove the Eucharist. Every chance I got. I mean, research. I mean, it did not matter. Any book, any 
quote. I mean, anything I could look at to say, oh, this is wrong. This is not real. Um, I obviously failed miserably at this. And I remember sometime in July, maybe Max has a, has a better pinpoint. I know he was pumped. I remember calling Max saying, Max, I'm going to mass. I'm receiving the Eucharist. And he's like, whoa, whoa, slow down. And at this point, we, we, were, we hadn't really talked a lot over the summer. Um, and he was kind of going crazy. He's like, yeah, you can't do that. And I was like, why not? Like, I believe in this thing, right? Um, and it was kind of, maybe it wasn't as that, but either way, he, he explained to me, you have to be Catholic to receive it. And I was like, oh, geez, another rule that I don't understand, right? But anyways, I spent the rest of the summer, it was getting pretty close to school. So I come back to Lincoln and uh, eventually I'm still kind of in that wavering period. Uh, one of my good friends, Todd Honus, um, shout out to him. He, he was... He was already convinced that I was going to become Catholic. He would say every single time I saw him, like, oh, you're, you're going to be Catholic. Don't worry. I was like, uh, let's let's back off. And uh, I still had a few reservations, um, but Todd brought up a great point to me, and that's why I'm shouting him out. He told me, if the Eucharist is true, then everything else that follows it in the Catholic faith has to be true as well. If not, then it's not the one true church. And that hit me hard. Um, and, of course, with that, he said that statement, and I was with Max. We then watched the hour that would change your life with Father Mike Schmidt, a very popular video in the Catholic circle, and that did it. That was it. So I wasn't, you know, I was already convinced of the Eucharist before, but I was too scared to let go of a lot of things I had with me, like being a pastor, which I knew was probably going to go away uh, with this, uh, obviously leaving my previous denomination and everything, but I was too scared. But then I watched that video, and it just further exemplified John 6 and other points about the Eucharist that I was like, yeah this is real. And so, yeah, I remember I got to talk to Max. Um, I went to his house sometime in October. I'm sure he knows the date. And I told him and Molly, his wife, that I wanted to become Catholic. And this is when I actually started going back to RCA. But this time I was going to do it right. And I was actually going to you know, listen, pay attention, go to every single meeting uh, as long as practice or meets weren't in the way. Um, I was going to follow through and actually go for that route. So and what was I, this is my question what was the sorry i can't speak oh, what good. was your experience with rcia coming from a protestant background like i don't know just what were your thoughts how did that impact you because you're being presented with a lot of information that was not what you previously believed yeah you know again with going to max's bible study for literally two years and my own research I already had a lot of information in my head. So it wasn't like it was new to me, but I didn't understand the why. I didn't understand the scripture, tradition, magisterium, like all that. I didn't get that. Um, but when I was Protestant, I was becoming a fully Methodist member. You know, I did go through a similar confirmation class. It was not very good. And I was like, yeah, I already know all of this. Why am I sitting in a class, right? Um, but I mean, in comparison, I think, if you want to know the basics of the church, like, and if you actually take the time to listen, it's beneficial. But that's the hard part, right? You know, at least where we were at, it was on a Thursday night from 7.30 to 9, a little kind of long, a little bit of a break, sometimes halfway. Um, and you do this every single week for, oh gosh, I mean, like 16 weeks. So it's a lot of time. Um, so if you're not fully committed to doing it, as I wasn't the first two times, finally third time got there, um, then yeah, it's probably not going to be beneficial at all. It kind of reminds me of the mass. Like if you just go to mass, not knowing what, like what the Eucharist is and how important and vital it is, then yeah, it's probably really boring. You're not going to get anything from it. 
Uh, so same thing with RCA, not that I can really compare Eucharist to RCA, but um, if you don't know what's going on, if you're not actually trying to take in the information that's being given to you, then yeah, it's not going to be beneficial for you. But for me, I'm like, okay, this is my chance to get all my questions answered, to actually listen why they believe what they believe. So for me, I sat in, I mean, not that this, you know, I sat in the front row. I was trying to take notes. You know, Todd Honus, he accompanied me to every single meeting along with Max, of course, my sponsor. But I had people there with me every step of the way, um, leading me and helping me answer questions after, before, other random times. So I think without that, it would have been really hard. Like if you're if you're doing it by yourself, which I guess you're supposed to have a sponsor anyways, then yeah, it, that's going to make it really hard as well. But again, I, I think it for someone like me who is coming to the faith, I, I really think it was the best thing to do. Even with Max's Bible studies for the previous two years before that, it was it was awesome, and it was, and I loved it. I loved it so much. I went back another time. That's a story probably here for the very soon future. Um, but yeah, awesome. Yeah, the Newman Center also does an excellent RCIA program. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I guess it's this this is the caveat to it. Like, we're talking about our experience at the Newman Center in Lincoln, Nebraska, where you just previously mentioned to me yesterday i think or two days ago that lincoln is known to be one of the best dioceses in the country um for just for spiritual reformation just coming back to the church so we were in a very good place needless to say to for where we were at so that definitely ties in but either way i think no matter if someone's reading from a script or from a book you can still take in the right information and know what's going on yeah exactly which i don't know looking back i think it's funny that we two people who weren't really in the Catholic faith, like mm. ended up in this diocese that I, I don't know the exact references. I literally just found this out, right. but like that has put a lot of effort into maintaining reverence, maintaining, and a lot of the traditionalism of it's a very traditional diocese. So um, I think it's pretty cool. So it is. All right. Well, so you're going to RCIA. Yep. What happened after that? During this time, um, you know, I I was friends with this person named Audrey Coffey at the time. Um, it's so, crazy. Yeah, I don't know yeah, who that is. Yeah, no, I don't. New, new person. Um, and we had had previous conversations about how, you know, my faith life and what I believed. And we had very different beliefs at this time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. And But she was still, you know, she was willing to talk about it. And even though she had her little remarks, uh, she still was open to good conversations. And she knew that religion was very important to me. And I knew Audrey had been raised Catholic. And so at least it was familiar to her. Um, but during this time, you know, Audrey was seeing my conversion to the faith because she knew that I you know, wanted to be a pastor, wanted to do all these things in the Methodist church. And she was like, oh, like you're going to become Catholic now. And so she was slowly kind of with me on this journey and you know as I was going through RCA obviously it came up more in my head of like oh like I want to talk to Audrey about this just because she was someone that I could I don't relate to I guess yeah I mean we were we were really close at the time like we had this group of friends we hung out a lot um so yeah we were pretty close at the time and I knew as much as I would like to haze Zach about religion because I didn't believe in it at the time and Zach could take it, which was awesome. Um, so as much as I would haze Zach about it, I knew like, I was like, okay, yeah, I've lived in the Catholic tradition. You know, I was Catholic growing up, so I kind of understand. So was, yeah. that part was cool. So as you guys remember from last episode, Audrey had went to FCA. I was there with her. 
very interesting experience for a lot of different reasons, as we already touched on. Um, and at this point in time, that was the first time that me and Audrey had done anything religious together, I guess, if you want, that's the best way to put it. And so at least I knew she was open. And I knew that, you know, okay, there's something here. And she had asked to come talk with me. I was like, oh, let's go. You know, I was pumped. She was you know. so excited. Oh, yeah. I like, was like, this and is she had not no the idea. Right reaction. Yeah. She had no <laughs> idea why. And um, funny enough, like, we had chosen to go just meet up at, at a pond near um, where she lived and our, our friends had lived. So we were familiar with the area. And this is right before COVID as well. Because COVID, it's in the news, right? Um, our seasons are about to get canceled slash about to go home and everything. But yeah, we met and talked at the pond. And yeah, this is where I, I'm starting to answer more questions for her, going more in depth, telling her more about Jesus, about my own conversion. Um, but it was definitely um, a very, I don't know, without that, I don't know if we'd be here right now. Not that it was like this groundbreaking, like, oh my gosh, I love you. Like, no, not at all. I had nothing to do, you know, romantically speaking, but just for us to continue this going into COVID because we were about to be super far apart. and now with each other yeah I don't, know, I don't know if you can speak more on it because i don't really remember a whole lot from the conversation so maybe you remember more but i really we talked for a long time and i really only remember the first part i'm gonna be honest yeah but um i just remember it was it was in february it was mm. super bowl sunday because i went to a mm. super bowl party after and yeah it was like a super nice day in february and we were sitting at the pond so that was cool it was like 70 degrees which was super rare and I remember that the first question that I <laughs> that I led off with was, how do you believe in this? Like, how do you believe in God in mm -hmm. general? Not even Catholicism. Right. But how do you believe in God? Because that's where I was at. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know. This is real. And I remember Zach being stumped for a little bit because like that, that had been such an ingrained part of your life. Mm -hmm. I feel like that wasn't really a question for you, you know? No, it wasn't. And I was, I grew up with people who it was either you did or you didn't. It wasn't necessarily a conversation piece. It was, yep, I believe in him or I don't. And I, the fact that she was even asking, I was like, oh, shoot, like, I need to answer this well. I need to make sure I give her a coherent response. And so um, I was definitely like in my head, like, okay, Zach, like, what are you going to say? What are you going to do? Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a good question to ask. Yeah. And I, I think you did an excellent job um, about it. Uh, you kind of, you, you gave me a book recommendation after, which is where I think a lot of mm. your answer to this question stemmed. And the book was, is it Cold Case Christianity? Cold Case Christianity, correct. Yes. And if you are asking that question, like coming from like an atheist perspective, like definitely read that book. Because I, I think that book will make basically anyone believe in God. Because it's about this lawyer who is atheist going into it, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Well, he's a forensic investigator yes yeah sorry sorry i no, it's, okay. it's okay wrong thing yeah. but forensic investigator and he is atheist going into this book and he was trying to disprove he his God. intentions were to create a book to disprove christianity i mean he was full-on atheist all science all that nothing against that but that's that's where he was at and so as he was trying to disprove uh the gospels mainly where he was trying to get you know it then ended up being oh, shoot, this thing is real. And there's actually so much evidence pointing towards this being a very real event. Yeah. And for me, that was super impactful. And using facts for how 
God is real and how God is evident in our physical world, that really struck me because at that point in time, I didn't really have a spiritual life. I kind of thought that was like, oh, if, if you need that, that's cool, but don't really need that. Right. That was really impactful. And I was also, I was a nutrition and health sciences major and kind of the whole science field. That was all I was learning. All I was thinking about, that was kind of my worldview. So highly recommend that book. And I would say Zach's answer kind of lined up with a lot of oh yeah what was said in that book. Like there, there was something that really struck me about how if earth was like just a little bit farther away, then none of this would exist. Well, it's like, yeah, if, but the earth is tilted right and so if we were even a degree more tilted in the wrong direction the whole earth would burn up yeah gone and there was some statistic where it was like the statistical probability of the earth being where it is is like 0.0001 like it's basically impossible statistically it's perfect (laughs) yeah so I don't want to go too far into it. Definitely right. read that book, please. Yep. And Cold Case Christianity. If you read any book, if you don't believe in God, like, please, please read that book because it, it was amazing. So that that's probably the main part I yep. remember from that conversation that kind of got me thinking like, okay, maybe there's a God. Yeah. So. And then you went to Max's Bible study before COVID or was it? The, yes. That, I, that was your first time, right? Yes. Yeah. So Max's Bible study, which has been so impactful for Zach and. At this time, Zach is, we don't know about COVID. Zach is about to get confirmed yep. into the church in April. Two, in two, yeah, so two months. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I had seen Max around training table and stuff, and which was kind of funny and just a random coincidence. Like I would come up to him and one time I called him my bud, which I literally don't know where that came from, but he still teases me about it. I I had known Max because super nice guy. He was always around train table. I was kind of part of his mission, part of his evangelization towards athletes. And he, I think at some point he had brought up like, Hey, like you guys interested in Catholicism, like stuff like that. And I hadn't said anything because I didn't relate to that part of my life and didn't want to acknowledge that. And he went to some career fair and he was talking about it again. He was like, Hey, like we run a Catholic Bible study. I was like, Oh yeah, I'm Catholic. And I remember, Zach, didn't he harass you about it because he knew we were friends? He yeah, he came to me. He's like, Audrey Coffee. And I was like, yeah, like, what about her? He's like, aren't you, like, pretty good friends with her? I was, I was like, yeah. First of all, like, she's from Chicago. You know, I went to Northwestern. And I was like, yeah, Max, like, I know. And he's like, she's Catholic. I'm like, no, she's not. No, no <laughs> she is not. I said, Max, let's back up a second. She grew up Catholic. He's like, that still counts, you know, so, something along those lines. And but yes, he, he did nag me about it because the, the, someone like and he, he hadn't known about our, our conversation about the pond yet. I think maybe I told him then like, oh, hey, we actually just talked about this. And and yeah, but it, it was funny. Yeah. So it was kind of funny. And I think like a week after he knew I was Catholic, um, he was at training table. He was like, so coming to the Bible study. And at that point, some stuff had started working in my heart, that conversation by the pond and everything. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I, I'll come to the Bible study. Sure. And I needed a ride anyways. So it worked out well. It did. It did. Well, I think I, I texted you after and I was like, hey, are you I know this is your thing. So are you going to this? And he was like, yeah, I'm going to surprise Max. I haven't been in a while or something. I think because of season probably. Yep. And yeah, I remember I went to the Bible study. This is in March 2020. Yep. Um, this is actually 
I don't want to say it's coincidence because I don't really believe in coincidences anymore, but I I had started doing really well in swimming after I had gone to this FCA meeting. And that was actually the same day I found out that I qualified for NCAAs. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it it was feeling pretty good. It was a pretty good day for me. And yeah, I went to Max's house and I knocked on the door, which nobody does going into Max's house. They just walk in. I go to Max's house and um, Max's house was just, it was so inviting and so warm and it was nothing about the house itself. It's, it's a great house, but you know, Max like comes up to me. He's like, Hey, Audrey, like I, we had this joke about, um, he had spoken cause I, I was living in the Chicago area in high school. He had spoken at this high school that I had all my swim practices at and it was called Marmion. And he was like, Hey, I have a mug, the Marmion mug. You want some water? And I was like, okay, sure. awesome. Um, so yeah, I went to that Bible study and, I don't remember what they were talking about. And honestly, I wasn't following. So I was a little intimidated because Max is getting or has his master's in theology. Right I now. I forget which one. Yeah, right now. Yeah. He has his master's in theology. He's still working on He it. is still working on his master's in theology. He has all this like really in-depth knowledge about like scripture and these like references in scripture that go back to the Old Testament and everything. And these people who have probably been going for a while or have been catholic for a while they're answering all these questions exactly right and i'm like i don't know any of this i was like i thought i had a basic understanding of the bible growing up but i was like i don't know any of this so i was honestly i was super intimidated but what really struck me was how warm and inviting it was you know like from the second i walked in and max talked to me and zach after and just asking about our lives and just how happy everyone was everyone at the bible study they were coming up to me they were talking like these athletes that i kind of knew but had never really talked to like come on like having genuine conversations with me and i i think that's what really struck me i was like okay i know nothing of what's going on but to be in this environment like yeah okay i'll go to this bible study i'm not going to commit to anything at this point but to be in this environment that's someplace i want to be especially in college when you're away from home and sometimes it's hard to find authentic friendship right that was a really good place so i think that was kind of my experience with it i was like okay yeah and that was also the night that covid like we were find out about everything yeah literally the day after covid canceled our seasons and we got sent home by the end of that friday yeah the end of that week yeah, yeah. so, so it, two, two days later mm-hmm. the bible study was on wednesday we got sent home on friday which was just crazy so mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, COVID was hit. We were done. We were literally about to leave for our meet like in 30 minutes. And then all the news broke out and it was like, oh, we're not going. And this is it. Because we, Audrey, she, she missed out in siblings, which is still a big deal. Um, but for gym, gymnastics, we had like three or four regular season meets left and Big Tens and in siblings. So it was just a lot going on. It was hard. Um, for me, I was actually dealing with a lot of injuries. So I, there's a lot going on there. But either way. More importantly, I was supposed to get confirmed in a month at Easter. And I was like, I was like, Max, like, what are we going to do? He's like, it's not going to happen. And so at first I'm kind of like, oh, is this like God saying like, not supposed to be Catholic, like you're making the wrong decision. Like that was my initial thoughts, even though they're very brief. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm going to ponder on this forever. It was just a thought. And as I was digging more into it, I realized there was still one component of my faith life that I, and with the Catholic Church, that I did not understand, and that was Mary. 
again, like I said before, that taught that Todd helped bring up my mind. That I go back to all the time with myself and others is if the Eucharist is real and the Catholic church claims what it is to be the first and only true church, then everything embodied in that is also accurate, right? The church is perfect. People within it, obviously not, but the church itself is. And so I knew Mary was real, right? I knew she was perfect. I knew immaculate conception, all this stuff, believed in it, did not know what the heck it meant and did not know why to, to, the, to the extent to where I'd be like, oh, I, I love Mary. I understand her fully. And so uh, during COVID, you know, I, I went home and my mission was to really learn more about Mary. And so Max uh, gave me a podcast listened to by on forum.org uh, through the app. Again, a great resource for anybody who is wanting to learn more about the Catholic faith. And so I, it was a podcast by Dr. Brant Petra. Petri? Petri? Petri, yeah. yeah, sorry. Um, and it was a eight episode long, strictly just about Mary. I mean, each hour long segments. And yeah, that that did it. It really made me understand Mary more. I also le- listened to his about the Eucharist just for fun. That was also amazing. Um, but without that, I I don't think I would have been able to feel like, oh, shoot, like I, I feel good about everything in the church leading up into fall. But again, yeah, my, my, my summer was pretty like I was home. Um, I was doing a lot of rehab for my back and my shoulder. Um, again, my back was pretty messed up and my shoulder, I, I had retorn my bicep and labrum again. So I was trying to just help keep it in somewhat good shapes as we weren't able to go to the g- gymnastics because of COVID. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, that was, my summer was pretty, I don't pretty, I, I spent a lot of time with my family. Um, that's why I didn't go any Bible studies that summer online because my family is like, nope, we're going to hang out tonight, you know, after my dad was done working and everything. And so I, I might have went to like one or two, really, if that, if that, and that was kind of hard for me, but I got to listen to my mom and dad, but yeah, I, I guess for Audrey, I know maybe we had a little bit different summers, but yeah, yeah. So it was March and we got sent home, which was crazy. And I was pissed at the world because yeah. in my head, and I think in a lot of people's heads, you know, being in college at the time of COVID, it was like, this is supposed to be, you know, we said it last time, the best four years of my life, like. I was having a great time in college. I was like, why am I in Iowa? Which is not where I grew up. My family moved there because they move a lot. So I was in Iowa with no friends. And I was like, why am I here right now? This sucks. And I was really lonely. Again, I I think I struggle with loneliness a lot. And I did during that time as well. So again, I had gone to this Bible study once before. And Max being Max and just being a great person who evangelizes great missionary. Um, he reached out to me. I think Zach may have helped as well. I know I talked to Max and I talked to Christine, who was eventually my sponsor. Um, and I know I talked to them and they were still trying to engage me. Max was doing his Bible study online, which I know hearing him talk about it now, he was like, he was super scared because mm-hmm. it was super different. It wasn't his house. It wasn't everyone crowding around and eating cookies and just a very natural environment. It was online and it was weird. It was over zoom. And yeah, I know I knew that it was happening and they were keeping me in the loop about it and texting me. I think Christine was texting me a lot and I actually went pretty regularly and I don't think it was because of the Bible study at all, because I was still very hesitant at this time, but I, I went because I needed that sense of community I mean, other than random calls with friends and stuff, like I wasn't seeing people outside of my family and that Mm -hmm. was really hard. So I got to be there and I got to talk and, you know, 
Max and Christine would just throw out questions and people would talk. And there was this one time that basically no one showed up aside from me and Todd Honus, who was mentioned before, and Matt Masker, uh, these two football players on the team. So I was I was actually really intimidated at that point, but super nice guys. And it, it was those two and Max and Christine, we literally just talked for like an hour, hour and a half and kind of got to know all of them, which was really cool. So, yeah, that was kind of just it was a source of um, interaction, I guess, which we all kind of really needed during that time, I would say. Um, And, yeah, during that process, you know, Christine is trying to evangelize me as well. And she's she did a great job and she recommended a lot of podcasts because that was kind of. She told me later that's that's kind of a really good way to evangelize to athletes because athletes especially, they don't always have time no. to go to Bible studies when, when it's not COVID. Yeah. They don't always have time to go to Bible studies and to really have these in-depth conversations, but they can listen to a podcast when driving or whenever. Working out. Yeah, whatever. exactly. So she was really big on podcasts and the Seek app, which I think now they have something on Spotify, which is really cool. Check oh, it nice. out. The Seek app had all of their podcasts from focus has the event these events called seek a big national conference and they have a ton of talks and really cool stuff so i was listening to these podcasts i was just grinding and finding ones that looked interesting and the first one i clicked on was it was jen fullweiler and i feel like i'm gonna butcher the name but i think it was how i found truth as an atheist i think that's why it was titled mm-hmm. and at that point in time, i was like that was great and so i would listen to these podcasts i would sneak up to the roof of my house in the middle of the night so sorry parents about that um but i i would listen to them and i remember listening to that one and being like this woman just described my entire life and i think it was around that time that i was like okay god is real because she talked about this moment of realizing there was something else outside of what she had believed like scientifically or from yeah. her worldview like she talked about like when she held her her kid or something like that. And I, I relate to it. I was like, I love my family. I love my friends. And I don't think that's just a chemical reaction. I think there is something more. Mm. Um, that's cool. So believing that there is something more than what we experience can touch, can experience in the scientific method. And I kind of related back to the few psychology classes I took that we joked about earlier, the few psychology classes. Um, that they can't explain. They don't really know how to explain conscience yet. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong. Zach was the psychology major, but they can't really explain conscience yet. They try their best. They try, but they, I remember in the, in the class we took, they were like, yeah, like there is a conscience there is, but we don't really, it's not always super advantageous. They so don't, we don't really know why. Yeah. They're, they're trying to like decide it. No, if the soul is a part of the body, there, there's that whole debate in, in this in the psychology department of, you know, if it's really one, if it's separate, if what happens when you die, you know, they, they try and look at all that through science and it's, there's no clear consensus, obviously. Um, but they're trying, but yeah, one thing I did want to mention is to bring up to you. I don't even know if you know this, but during this time also, I've got to mention me and Audrey had FaceTime calls and not to like, again, romantically, nothing to do with that. It was purely a, we were in a class together. So we did that sometimes. Um, and then B, we, she had a lot of questions for me about the Catholic church and vice versa. So we would talk through a lot of that. And during this time, I actually remember talking with Christine and Max about you because I didn't know where I should be. 
And at this time, I was in a pretty serious uh, relationship. And so I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to get to the point where there was mixed feelings or like I was being too involved. I was like, I really shouldn't be her sponsor in any way, shape or form for a lot of reasons. I mean, I hadn't even been in the Catholic Church yet, right, officially. And I remember like talking to Max and Christine, like trying to let Christine handle it more. And so that that's why she started reaching out a little bit more and why I kind of stopped because mm -hmm. I wanted you to direct her questions towards her. And every now and then maybe we talked. I know there might have been a month or two where it was pretty much nothing, but that was kind of that transition. I don't know if you knew that, so I just wanted to. Put I think it in you there. might have told me. I, I probably mentioned it. That's at some a good point. thing to bring up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Christine definitely reached out more and definitely helped me a ton. Um she kind of taught me how to pray a little bit. She taught me how to do Lexi, Lexio Divina, mm -hmm. um, which is just prayerfully reading scripture and pondering it. And that, that was really great. Um, she kind of taught me how to, she had like a prayer group in the mornings over Zoom. Yep. And yeah, she kind of taught me how to do that. So that was definitely really big. So, um, but yeah, me and Zach would have these FaceTime calls, which was awesome for me. It was great to talk to my friend and um, I could just drill him with questions. I think that's why I still gravitated towards you because- mm -hmm. Again, we were friends before we were, we were close friends before, and I knew you could take it. I knew I could say absolutely anything to you. Right. And I, I could have said absolutely anything to Christine and Max, like knowing them better now as well. But at that point in time, I was like, I can say anything to you because I've already hazed you for right. your beliefs and everything. Yeah. And you can take it because Zach is amazing. So. And, and it was it was probably also easier to ask me about like relationship stuff, you know, party scene stuff, like because we, we had both been involved in both those senses. So you kind of felt probably more comfortable like asking those type of questions where you don't want to go to missionary and get into that. Yeah. But you, at least not at that point. No. But yeah. So I know that was a really big period um, from kind of March to June. And during that time, I think I ended up going back to Lincoln in June because a club team was starting practice. A lot of my friends were coming back to Lincoln and they were doing whatever they could. They were lifting weights. They were doing practices. Stuff, stuff was starting to open up. So I went back there in order to do training and all of that. And I think kind of at that point when I went back there, I was like, okay, I think God is real. Mm -hmm. I think at that point I had acknowledged that God was real because I, I, I was reading the book, the cold case Christianity. That was great. I was reading the book and I knew that there had to be some, something had to start the world and had to start creation. You know, science calls it the big bang. I was like, something had to start the big bang, something. I was like, okay, this force or whatever, let's call that God, mm -hmm. you know, and God is the creator of all things. Good. Like, I believe that there's a force of good in the world. Like, okay, I, th we're somewhere, you know, so that was kind of, and you know, the big bang was founded by two Catholic priests. So, well, I learned that one later. Yeah, but, <laughs> but just, just to, you know, interject that real quick. So. Pretty crazy. So I believe that there was something that started the world, and I believe there was this force of good that we could believe in, that I could call God. Yeah. That was pretty big. Um, so, yeah, summer, kind of June until August. Um, yeah, I mean, I was still, I believe I was still going to Max's Bible study. I actually don't really I think so. I think yeah. I was. Yeah, I probably was for my room in Lincoln. So, yeah, I, I was still going, but it wasn't as much of a transformative time religiously mm -hmm. for me. I, I was back in the same environment I was before, so I was kind of falling back into a lot of the things that I was before. And there was kind of a lot of conflict within me because I was starting to kind of see why the Catholic Church 
talked about these things. Some things were starting to make sense. Some things still didn't. And but I still wanted to do the other things. Yeah, that, no, for sure. Yeah, that were a part of your old life. Yeah, and like, I, in the same environment as well. I wasn't closed off from it, so I really kind of fell back. So I was kind of living a double life, honestly. Yeah, for sure. But then I think things started kind of turning around once not just me personally got back but like once school started again you know campus was alive you know all your teammates are back i was back yeah i think that definitely helped so but yeah then we we came back to school we came back to school with a bunch of lockdowns and everything which was crazy but we were there which felt a little more normal which was cool so um yeah i guess i don't know how were you feeling going back to school zach i mean what what happened with the whole you obviously didn't enter the Catholic church in April. Right. So what, what happened with all of that? Yes. Yeah, so they had like a, they did end up whoever was in my group to do that in April. There was like, I think there's a lot. They had a ceremony in July, but I was in Indianapolis and I was obviously in Lincoln and like, I, there's just no way for a lot of reasons. And so I didn't go. And so once I got back to campus and talked to Max, got reacquainted, I was like, yeah, I still need to do this slash I want to. Um, and so we set the date finally after a lot of conversations with Father Mattia, one of the priests at the Newman Center and all that to be September 20th of 2020. Um, and I was doing it by myself. So I, they just picked a, it was a Sunday night mass mm-hmm. question yeah 10 p.m. Yeah, 10 p.m. mass. Uh, so super late. And that's usually a very popular one on college campus. Uh, just because stay up late, you don't have to wake up early. Um, it was one of the one of the first few weekends when school had started, so still pretty pretty good attendance. You know, not that it's ever bad, um, but but yeah. So you know, obviously preparing for that, and obviously I invited any of my teammates that wanted to come. I had quite a few that showed up. Um, some that sat with me, some that were in the back, um, and then obviously Audrey was there with me, uh, Max and my sponsor and and Molly, his wife, and just a lot of other friends and. Uh, that was really special to be a part of that. Um, but yeah, we went through the process and funny enough, Audrey ended up sitting next to me during this. And again, I felt really weird sitting next to him. I was like, I am not, I'm his friend. I'm not that important in the process, Yeah. So, but just how, how it happened. Yeah. But she wanted to be there for it. And she was, um, and I know during this time, I think this is when it kind of shifted for Audrey, um, in terms of what she wanted and how she was inspired by it. Yeah. I guess before we get into, because yeah, your your confirmation, your entrance into the church definitely shifted a lot of things for me. Mm-hmm. Before I get into that, I want to ask, like, I don't know, just walk me through. How were you feeling going into it? How did you feel during the mass, mm-hmm. having waited so long for this and receiving the Eucharist for the first time? This thing that you were super passionate about, still super passionate about. I, you had talked for so long through our conversations about how excited you were to finally receive Jesus. Yeah. For the first time, just walk me through that, because I'm sure that was a huge moment for you. And I, I know it was. I mean, yeah, you know, going because I, I was going to a few daily masses and Sunday mass like every Sunday for a while A in the fall. And then right and right before I I was like, you know, so you have been spring of 2020 before COVID hit. I was going to mass and then obviously COVID happened. No church at all. Then going back to mass again, you know school started up until conversion so i'd gone to mass maybe i don't know number but quite a few times without receiving right and just being there like i believe in this so much and even the back of my head it's kind of dumb i was like 
I wonder if there are people here who are taking this and receiving it without really knowing what they're doing, if they care. And like that was frustrating me, which is why I actually had a really hard time going back to adoration because I would go there and be like, this is this sucks. Like I, I, I want to be with, you know, and it was just my own selfish thoughts. There's That's all it comes down to it. But yeah, again, during that mass, I was like, this is happening. I mean, I was pretty much just as nervous in that moment as I was like when we got engaged after mass that one day, like my hands were shaking. I was sweating. <laughs> I was sweating a lot. Not that that's anything different for me, but more than normal, um, just unreal. And being with all my, you know, the people I wanted there were, were by my side and with me. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Like, all of this had come into this one moment. Um, and again, the, the, the best part about the Eucharist is that Jesus he hides his glory and his, his beauty inside of it because if we, we can't handle the full thing. If he was actually there present, we literally could not handle it. And so it, it's really up to you to understand the reverence, understand like what's happening. And so even the times I didn't receive, I still tried to think about that and being in that moment to be like, wow, the, the creator of the universe is right in front of me and is blessing me, right? And so even then when I first received, it was, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a fresh start. It was a new beginning for me. Um, and honestly, probably the, the first one um, that I was like, now I can go and live, live this out to the fullest and have even more confidence than I did before. Um, as I, I know, Audrey, love my confidence and how much I brought up. Oh yeah, yeah. He was uh, so cocky. Whether it was to her or others, you know, but now it, twofold. And even speaking to present day, just very quickly, like, yeah, it's it's bad but it's good like i i, I don't care you know you're I, nice about it yes. zach is nice about it but so. I, I, have all, I have all the confidence in the world about what i believe in what the catholic church is and so yeah in that moment that's when it started i was like fresh start new beginnings you know i had my first confession before that and that took a long time obviously um and then you know receiving sacraments of confirmation and uh, first communion so it was a really it was a really beautiful moment and that i still have the picture i know the exact I know, I know what I wore that day, everything down to the T. So uh, yeah, it was a very special day for me. So yeah, super special and super cool to watch you go through that. Cause yeah, I remember, I remember that day very vividly as well. Um, I guess to backtrack a little bit before that, I had started going to mass again, um, kind of in June, July, Christine was not making me go, but strongly encouraging. And I was like, Oh, I don't, I don't feel ready to be back here or anything, but whatever. Right. And I was not receiving the Eucharist for a while during that time, kind of in July, um, because she told me, which I had actually hadn't known, which was kind of embarrassing, but actually hadn't known that you are, even if you're a Catholic and you've gone through like the, the sacrament of first communion, you're not supposed to receive it unless you have gone to confession before and you are clean of any mortal sins. You've confessed any mortal sins. Which I was includes like, not going to mass on Sunday. Exactly. So yeah, I was like, oh, I'm definitely not ready for that. So eventually Christine encouraged me to go to confession, yep. which I don't know if my, my, I think it was my second confession ever in July of 2020. I don't know if I was super ready for it. I'm going to be honest, yeah. but I did it and I was starting to go a little bit more um, so that I could go to mass so it's kind of back and forth like i was committing a lot of mortal sins on the weekends but then i would go back to confession it was kind of this this pendulum kind of thing i i think i hadn't gone to mass in a while or gone to confession in a while mm -hmm. it, at this point in september when i think it was literally like i found out that you were getting entered into the church like three hours before it happened or something it, there was a lot going on and 
I didn't know up until maybe a few days before. Which is fair. Yeah, that's about how it goes. Yeah, so I remember you told me, and I was like, okay, I have to be there. Just being your friend and walking you through that whole process. I knew how much you talked about how sad you were in April, and I was like, I need to be there, like, Mm -hmm. just because this is so huge for you. So I I went because... Yeah, I knew how huge of a moment it was it was for you. And I remember Max had a little like party at his house, like mm-hmm. a get together. Um, I met Taylor Christopoulos there. He mm-hmm. ended up being an usher at our wedding. I met Taylor there. That was fun. Yeah. And yeah, I remember that happened right before it was like eight to nine or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember driving so fast because I was like, I have not been to confession in a while and there is a lot of stuff that will prevent me from receiving the Eucharist today. And I was like, I need to receive the Eucharist on the same day Zach does. Like, come on, I, I need to come. Right. I can't go up there and receive the blessing. Um, So I went to confession and it was like 20 minutes before the mass. And I was like, Father Mattia, and I was telling him everything. And I like rushed through it and I was like, OK, cool, we're good. I was there. I ended up sitting right next to Zach, which, again, I felt very awkward about. And. Yeah, I received the Eucharist right after him, um, which the Eucharist is a big deal. It wasn't as big for me because I had gone through First Communion before and everything. Um, But watching him go through that and yeah, I just I remember tearing up watching you get confirmed, entered into the church and everything. And I just remember feeling like I want that for me as well, because I don't think I've actually mentioned it, but I never got confirmed because I left the church at 13. Right. So like I was in the church, but I technically wasn't an adult in the church and all of that. So I was like, I remember standing with Christine in the aisle after after the mass and we were talking and every everything. And I was like, Christine, I think I I want that. Like, I think I want to do this. And yep. I think that's when it changed. I was like, I want to go through confirmation, RCIA, go yeah. through all the steps to enter the Catholic church. Because I think for me, I'd gone to some of those non-denominational churches before and stuff, but... I knew if I was going to come back, I was going to come back as a Catholic. Right. It just, it felt like home. I knew there was something there. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, the springboarded now my my fourth time going to RCA. So, because I, I, I told Audrey, like, I, I want to be there with her, you know, because, you know, whether there's a lot of people involved in Audrey's con- reversion back to the faith, uh, mm-hmm. but I was still a part of that. And I wanted to, I, you know, what Todd did for me, um, even though Max was there with me, my sponsor, what Todd did for me there was a friend, you know, that was just wanting to be a part of it. And so I wanted to do this. I, I know how important that was for me. So, you know, especially if Christine couldn't make it on a Thursday night or even if she was there, which was majority of the time, mm-hmm. I wanted to be there every single time, just like Todd was for me. It's because I, I knew how important that was. I knew that Audrey didn't have anybody else as a friend that would that could make that work, basically. And so I I stepped in and went to RSA a fourth time. It was a blast. Um, <laughs> but uh, it again to to see that and to see her want want that i was like wow like what an amazing like reversion and change of heart on her end to from our conversations of her making fun of me and hazing me like <laughs> she's mentioned a few times already to her like us sitting down together at rsa on a thursday night for an hour and a half for every every weekend or every sorry every week like just such a a beautiful transition for her and to know that she wanted it you know, almost as much as me at the time, but it eventually got there. So yeah, RCIA was awesome. And I definitely blew off the first few because again, it was still, I had a lot of 
there was a lot of conflict for me. Yeah. And but going to RCIA, I was I think I went to the first one over Zoom and then I was like, okay, I have to go in person. Just the depth of knowledge there. Um, there's something in the Catholic Church, they call it like the transcendentals. It's brought up a lot and I think we'll end up doing a full podcast on this later. But yep. truth, beauty, and goodness are things that we desire and things that are really huge in the Catholic Church. Um, and I, I know truth really spoke to me. Um, so going to RCIA and learning more about the truth of the church. I remember like the first RCIA class that I went to, there was this chart and it was like all of the references in the Bible where it like references back to the Old Testament or references to the New Testament, like back and forth. And there were literally like thousands, if not millions. And it was this chart of like where like every every reference was a line and it was like this rainbow. Couldn't even see the lines. It was huge. And I was like, how how could someone have made that up? Mm-hmm. The answer is they couldn't. Right. You know, because I think they related it to like Homer like the odyssey or something like all these other famous books. And it was like, Oh, those have like 80 like cross references. And like, yeah, that was just super huge. I was like, how could someone make that up? Is it like the manuscripts or. I know. I think it was within the Bible itself, Oh, I but see. there are yeah. also, again, this is in cold case, cold case Christianity. So I definitely recommend you reading that. Cause that'll give a, a better picture, but just the legitimacy of the Bible and all of that. It, it was, it was amazing. Um, it was amazing for me. So, so yeah, um, I was going to RCIA in the fall, which was really cool. And Zach was coming with me. So that was awesome. Um, and yeah, we were still talking a lot, like in the fall. Um, again, we were friends. So that was cool. Uh, yeah, I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and yeah, I guess with the lockdowns and everything, life was just weird. You know, I wasn't supposed to be seeing people outside of my team, like literally not interacting with people outside of your team because of COVID and trying not to not get your season taken away because your entire team got COVID, Right. which happened to a lot of teams that, you know, it's just how it was. And yeah, I just, again, kind of a, a recurring theme for me, but I was lonely and I missed my friends outside of the team. My, my team is awesome, but I missed like my other friends as well. And Going to church kind of was a sense of normalcy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going to church, I was like, okay, I see people. Like, we're all wearing masks, which is weird. But, yeah. like, seeing people and having a routine each day uh, outside of practice and getting to go in a public place and be with people, that, that was cool. Um, so, yeah, I know. I remember having conversations with Zach and... I was still on the fence because I had this habitual sin and I couldn't get out of my old habits. I couldn't get out of my old ways as much as I was like, okay, I actually want this now. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a lot of imposter syndrome. I was like, I'm not holy enough to be here, which I think is a common misconception and yeah. a common thing that people feel. I, I don't know. I mean, Zach, did you feel that kind of coming into the Catholic faith? I'll touch on that in just a second. Okay. But with that being said, like, yeah, Audrey, I mean, it was kind of probably a weird dynamic for her because she was my ride to daily mass a lot. And so I don't know if it was pressure on her either way, but like, Hey, she wanted to go with me. But at the same time, like if she didn't go, that meant that I probably wasn't gonna be able to go that day. I had my scooter, but that wasn't always viable with weather timing, 
safety. I mean, there's a lot of factors there. Parking. I mean, yeah, you name it. And so Audrey was my consistent ride in order to get to mass every day um, or the days that we were planning on going. So I'm sure that was part of it. But yeah, I mean, the whole imposter syndrome. The Catholic faith allowed me to see my wrongs in a different way and to, to show that sin is boring and stupid and of of the devil, frankly. And so it definitely put a different weight on it. I think that would be the shift for me, not necessarily so much that I didn't feel like I was enough or that I, you know, didn't deserve to be there, but like, oh shoot, like these things matter more now before they didn't. And that's a big thing that I think the Protestant church fails to recognize is the weight of sin. I didn't feel that before, but now being Catholic, I felt that both mortal or venial. It didn't matter either way. I, and to this day, I still feel it. Even if I make like a, a quick white lie, I'm like, gosh, dang it. Before uh, that was just second nature to me to help please other people or make people happy. Right. And not one to lie to, you know, whatever. So I think for me that that'd be is the weight of sin changed, which made it more, I guess I felt worse sometimes maybe about myself comparatively, but I knew I was enough still because God loves all of us. It's something that I definitely drove home to you quite a bit. So, yeah, it was definitely a struggle, but I think having Zach with me, motivated me and and pushed me you know just like just like swimming you know I needed discipline and that's kind of what he said in one of the conversations he was like it, it was similar to what Max said to you it was like you told me go to mass maybe like three times a week and mm-hmm. pray maybe like five ten minutes every day and if after the semester you don't want to do this then that's fine you don't want to do this you drop out yeah. yeah and in my head I was like okay I can force myself you know I forced myself to go to practice because I knew it was good for me I can force myself to do this and if I don't like it after the semester then fine whatever I'm not I did it I tried my best you know yeah I tried my best to do this thing and that's what I wanted in the beginning so yeah I started going to daily mass and I was x-ride so I kind of had to yep. and yeah through that process it's not it's not overnight, um, but I know there were, I was starting to grow and there were moments I was starting to see change on the days when I couldn't go receive the Eucharist. Even back in the beginning when I was starting to go back to Mass in July, I would receive the blessing and I would go up there and I still, I now realize that there was something there, which I had never realized before. Mm-hmm. And I can't explain it. And that, that was one of those spiritual things that previous Audrey would have laughed at, but I'm now saying is real that I went up there and I prayed after receiving or not receiving either way. And I was like, I I know that Jesus is there. Um, It was just this feeling of good and of home. Um, Yeah. I remember a specific moment now back now in February of that, that school year. And at this point in time, we had been going to mass together for five months. Yeah. I mean, pretty consistently, I'd say. You know, not yeah. every single day, but I'd say like on average three to four times a week, including Sunday mass. Yeah. So, I mean, pretty, I mean, pretty regularly. I mean, to us, that's, we, we want to go every day, but like to most Catholics, that's like, oh, geez, you know, yeah. which I think is crazy. But that's a tangent for another time. Yeah. So, <laughs> Zach can go off on that another time. But yeah. yeah, I remember a specific moment. I think it was after RCIA and 10 p.m. mass and everything. I re- remember receiving Jesus, receiving the Eucharist and again, this immense feeling of being at home, of warmth, of home, of love, I'd say. The closest thing I could have equated it to, which 
might sound weird, but made total sense in my brain was I used to feel that way after like a Saturday morning practice um, when I was little, when I was a little kid and I was just falling in love with swimming and I just felt like everything was right. Um, it's hard to describe. It's one of those things you can't describe because that's that you can have all of the logical reasoning in the world for God being real and for the Catholic faith being real. And that is so helpful, especially going into it. I think you need that. But then there's the side too where you know in your soul that it's real. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the moment I knew it was real. And that was the moment where despite all of my sins and despite all of the habits I still wanted to go back to. Shortcomings and everything. Yeah. I knew I was going to do this. I was going to get confirmed in April on Easter. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I thank Zach for disciplining me to go because then I eventually, you know, I got through my, my grandmother passed away that year. I was about to say that was probably another big. That was point. another huge yeah. one. Um, my, my grandma passed away that year. And normally when I had setbacks like that, especially in my personal life, swimming, I'd kind of learned to take care of it. But in personal life, again, falling back into other coping mechanisms. But this time I was praying, I was going to mass every day and I realized that I need that. I realized mm. that made me feel better. And that was, that was the closest I could describe it at the time, yeah. you know? And yeah, going to church and being, and Zach motivating me and still answering questions I had and uh, motivating me to go to confession each time as well. Um, yeah. Really helped me get there. And so, yeah, I think it was around January and February, the, the next semester I made it through the next semester. I realized that I was going to do that. And yeah. In April, I entered the church, um, Easter vigil mass, and I had never been to one before. Um, three hour long mass, which was daunting at first, but honestly, it is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely recommend people to go if you can. Poor Zach has not been to one. Yeah. <laughs> not to rub it in. Yep. But yeah. Zach was competing well, Zach was at Big Tens that day. His team was at Big Tens, so that's yep. that's where he was. So. I was getting back surgery uh, that Monday, so obviously was not able to compete, but was there for my team, there for my guys. Um, and any year previous, obviously, I just became Catholic. I was it, we either had a conference like Big Ten championships or in Civil A's the same weekend. So um, something that I still have to address now as a in Civil A coach that <laughs> I again I don't I hope I can go to vigil this year. I don't know. I think it's possible it is possible yeah i now have a wedding that weekend of one of my best friends uh one of my groomsmen from my wedding uh griffin keeler so again i gotta figure out my stuff but the hope is i'm able to go to vigil for the first time yeah. in my entire life so it's it's really great i'd highly recommend shout out to myself uh, from audrey <laughs> that i have not been to vigil but, which then leads you guys to think oh she didn't, she missed her uh, confirmation that is also correct yeah uh, which which she knew and we mm-hmm. we uh, talked about yeah. it and we, we were sad but I mean, that's what you got to do. You know, that's yeah. what happens. And I was required to be there. So that wasn't yeah. really a. Zach also got, he's not going to say this, but Zach okay. also got an award for like sportsmanship or like a Big Ten conference award that day. So like it was a pretty good reason. Which I didn't know about. Yeah, he so. didn't know about that. But so pretty good. But yeah. it was also, I think, looking back, like, yes, I would have wanted you there, but it was cool to go through that kind of by myself. I mean, mm-hmm. I still had Max and Molly showed up and right. Christine was by my side, but it was kind of cool to. Like, yes, this was my journey. I think that was the big thing, too. Like, yes, we were by each other's side through a lot of it. But it wasn't because of this friendship that we both ended up coming to the faith. Like, yes, that 
strengthened it so much. Yeah. And was such a gift. But I think once I experienced Jesus in the Eucharist, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this is totally mine. This is not, I need to give Zach a ride. This is, this is totally my relationship with Jesus. And I guess I should have made that clear. It wasn't just to give me a ride and just to get there, you know, maybe at first. Okay. Sure. Maybe. But that I think very quickly, very shortly thereafter, it did, it did change. It did alter. Yeah. So I, I think especially with my grandma passing away, I was like, okay, I need to go, go to this. There were some days I couldn't go. I was like, I need to go to this. So Yeah. yeah. And vigil was beautiful. I, feel like that's all I can say about it. I cried a lot. Um, yeah, cried a lot while getting confirmed. Um, Your family came, did they not? My family came. Yeah. Yep, my family came and cried a lot receiving communion again. Because, I mean, I'd received communion, so it wasn't the same impact as right. Zach, but it was it was still beautiful. It's Just, different. It was different. And I, I think that's, that's kind of what I was scared of, that it wouldn't be, but it, it was. And, you know, usually confirmation... I feel like it's sometimes kind of like, oh, yeah, like, that's cool. Like, you get anointed. You're an adult in the church. You receive gifts of the Holy Spirit, which is awesome. But I feel like it's not as big as First Communion or someone fully entering the church. But but for me, it was. It was just the culmination of this huge journey of not believing in God to believing in him and being in full communion with the Catholic Church. So, for sure. Yeah, that's that's basically the story. There's definitely other parts that, you know, and other people, I think is more important to mention that were a part of our journeys to this. It wasn't just the people we highlighted. Um, they certainly made bigger impacts and uh, for our discernment and just the whole process. But again, the amount of people, whether small conversation at Bible study uh, or just interaction at church, I mean, they all made a difference. So to all, to all of those people, whether you're a focused missionary um, or whether you're, you're someone at our Bible study, I mean, our teammates, even if it was a slight, small side conversation, sorry about that, um, then that that made the difference. And so we, we we really do appreciate all the people that have been a part of our lives to have us be where we're at now. Yeah. I guess maybe to cap off the episode, I want to talk a little bit about our friendship because this mm. episode is about our conversion stories, but also they are so closely intertwined and next to each other. So how did us being friends, how did that impact your journey? I know we've kind of talked about that. And how does having authentic friendship where you can talk about those conversations, how does that impact faith in general? Yeah. A big one. Big question. Yeah. No, it's funny because I I talked with, um, shoot, I talked with Griffin and Mitch a lot about this. Uh, just to, for those who don't know, Griffin and Mitch are two of my teammates in Nebraska. Um, two of my best friends, both of my groomsmen at my wedding. Um, I always told them, we can get as close as you want. We can hang out every single day. You know, unfortunately, you know, the whole party scene that, you know, they were a part of that. And I, I, I joined in, um, every now and then, but either way, like we can do all these things cook together. I mean, whatever, put your bucket list, but like, if we're not growing together in Christ, it will never be the same versus people who I'm, who I'm drawing near in that way. And so like someone like, again, Todd Honus or Matt Masker or any other people that I met through church, while I wasn't necessarily personally as close with them, my relationship with those people were ultimately unique in the fact that it was centered around God's love and his and, his, and who he was. And that you just, there's nothing that stands in the way of that. And so I think with Audrey, again, our relationship 
at first it was just through our friends through the group group of friends that we had and you know and in the athletic department and all that but as you know i was converting to catholic faith she was reverting and becoming catholic herself and we're going daily mass together going to sunday mass together while we were not romantically involved in any way shape or form we were building that authentic friendship by frequently the sacraments together whether it was going to confession whether it was going to receive the Eucharist, whether it was praying together, whether it was, you know, going to Bible studies, like in these different ways, we grew so close to each other without any intentions of it being further. But that's just because of who Christ is and being around that, it just allowed us to see each other in a in a much different light and a much in a much more holy, much more holy life, I guess. If that yeah. makes sense. So Yeah, it does. I remember we we've talked before kind of jokingly and we don't know if this is how it would have worked out but Mm -hmm. I think if we hadn't had this whole conversion and had this conversation even going back to I guess beginning of 2020 we're we're not really sure that we would have still been friends and that's not that's not in like a bad way or anything like we had no problems but I don't I think it would just kind of fallen off you know for sure yeah we, we had a before it was the friend group and athletics but when that started to kind of not be as important, we then had Christ in the center of our friendship. And that was the difference. And that's what, I mean, I feel like almost any interaction we had, or say 95% was revolved around the church, whether it was getting a ride assembled, whether it was going to mass, whether it was talking about questions about the faith as Audrey was about to get confirmed in April, like it all centered around that and building a friendship in that way. I've, I've never truly entered into a relationship where it's simply just around that and to making it be the most important thing in the center. So that was very important to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think I want to leave off with a quote from the Bible. Um, Acts two forty two. Max Chapman really likes this quote. He he brings it up in Bible study a lot. Well, oh, it, it's Focus's mission statement. So that's fair. That that's why they, said they, that, they, but... they have a website named purely after this. So yeah, so but, it's a yeah. big one. Yeah. yeah, and it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And I know when he explains it, he's like, these are like the four ways to. I don't know how he says it exactly, but like the four ways to get to Christ and the the four ways to evangelize to develop with others right yeah with others um and yeah you know it you think of those four things there's the apostles teaching that's like the the liturgy of the word in mass you know and there's the breaking of the bread that's the eucharist there's prayers like having a prayer life that's huge having a relationship with christ and i think sometimes people think fellowship is just like uh like oh we're meeting after mass there's there's always fellowship events you know like pancakes or like hanging out with friends and stuff like that and and Bible studies, like, yeah, it's kind of like an extra thing. It's cool, but I don't think I could have done this journey without fellowship. 100%. I couldn't have done it without any of the four, but I, it's not like just a, a feel-good thing, you know? Yeah, even though it's not a sacrament, right, compared mm-hmm. to um, both breaking of the bread um, and coming to the church, it's still just as important in terms of coming to the faith and learning more about who Christ is and becoming Catholic. Yeah. You can't do it alone. No. So I guess if you're, if you're in any sort of spot in your faith journey, find your friends, you know, even if they're not Catholic, if they're not Christian, 
don't be afraid to speak about what you're going through, to speak about Christ, because you never know. Bible studies are great. Finding other people to run with is great. So, yeah, I mean, you look at a lot of big saints and this could go on for probably a while, but, you know, there's only one married couple that are saints, correct? I think there might be two. It's maybe two. Okay. The big one is Saint Lou- Louis. Is it Louis or Louis? Zellian Lewis Martin? I think that's... I think Lewis. I think it's Lewis. Yeah. Sorry, French names. I don't know. But yeah, so you have, you know, that, that married couple and, and one other. And then, you know, St. Ignatius of Leo. And then you have St. Ignatius of Loyola. Oh my gosh. Loyola. I, Loyola. Loyola. I, I, I can't. Why? St. Ignatius of Loyola. Yo, I'm not Loyola. Loyola. St. Ignatius of Loyola. Sometimes say if they say Loyola. Lila? St. <laughs> Ignatius of Loyola. Um, uppercase G U G G P. M Jim. Exclamation mark one. You can also look at um, Saint Ignatius of Loyola and Saint Francis Xavier. They were roommates in college. Again, just how crazy that works out. I mean, they came to the faith together. There's a whole story about that. It's beautiful. Then you look at St. Bridget and St. Patrick. They were friends. Again, the list could go on, but again, you need people in your lives to help become a saint, which is what we're here to do is become saints and evangelize and to be with Christ in heaven. So, yeah. So that's the story. Yeah. Anything else to add? I I think I I mentioned it at at our wedding, um, like to everyone there. But yeah, j- just to see how every little step of the way, every little conversion um, of our hearts and, and talking with other people, how literally every single one of it matters. Because without it, it doesn't, it doesn't help create your unique story. You need those authentic things to happen in order to create a story and to be able to go back and say, wow, like I'm so thankful for those around me and what they've done in my life. And so it's just amazing to know that without all these little scenarios and situations, Audrey and I wouldn't have gotten closer. You know, we wouldn't have gotten to the point where we both came back to the faith. And then obviously now to be married and to start a family together, like that's that's that wouldn't have been possible without this story and without those people in our lives. So that's just always such a blessing to me and to see that play out and to see where we're at now. It's kind of surreal to look back and talk through all of this and think, wow, every every time it's it's beautiful to look at. So it really is. Amazing. Well, thanks again for tuning in and uh, just watching us grow uh, through a quick two-hour uh, podcast with both episode one, episode two, and our story. I don't even know if that. No, yeah, that's fine. We'll just we'll see how this goes. We'll see <laughs> if you are watching this as a part two of the episode. We broke it into two parts. Yeah, there's a lot to cover. <laughs> we figured it was important enough. It's a pretty, so. it's a pretty decent thing. So, yeah, thanks for tuning in and zach alluded to it um obviously we are married now so things happen after this point gotcha stay tuned was that cool with the snaps i don't know that's kind of wasn't really loud oh that was good yeah all right see y'all later
As always, thank you for listening. Be sure to follow our social media and we'll see you next week.